0: Hi, and thank you for joining us for this Future of Mobility podcast. Today's session will explore the hot topic of 5G. The industry is abuzz with ideas for how 5G will change the mobility landscape, while many others are trying to figure out what it is and what it means for business. Today we'll talk about the next generation transformation and how organizations can prepare for ultra-fast network speeds and an increase in capacity. I'm your host. Stephanie McCann, and joining me today is Stuart Taylor, Managing Director in Cisco's Service Provider Transformation Group. Stuart, hello. thanks for joining.
1: Yeah, hello. Pleasure to be
0: here. Great. And I'm also pleased to have with us Peter Jarek, who is the Vice President with Consumer and Infrastructure Services at Current Analysis. Peter, thanks for joining us also.
2: No, Thanks to you guys. I'm, uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to have this conversation.
0: Great. So let's get started. Stuart, Peter, what is this hype about 5G? What are we going to be able to do that we can't do today, and, and how soon are we going to see it?
2: So let me, I'll, I'll kick off the, the conversation. I think, I think part of the hype around 5G is simply that we don't know what it is. You know, it's, it's I don't want to say it's a mystery. It's it's, it's not going to be on, on an TV show about you know great mysteries that we're looking to solve in the, in the near term, but I think it is this topic that, is getting people excited because it could mean so much and we don't know what it is, right? We we hear people talking about positioning it as a 2020 time frame for deployment. But we know we're going to start seeing trials and demos earlier than that. I mean, I, I would uh, I would bet a lot of money that given what what the Koreans like to do that we'll probably see 5G demos and trials in the the next Olympics, you know, 2018 Winter Olympics, um, you know, but what is it going to do? I think I think that's the question that we're trying to solve right now, right? What should it do? And then, based on what should it do, what does it need to look like technically? And I think that's why it makes it fun right now, right? Because it's it's not this conversation of we got into 4G. You know, the 4G discussions were a lot around, oh, there's a new air interface, there's a new core network architecture, and how quickly are we going to move on the various technical implementations? I think there's a buzz around 5G right now because it really is that that broader discussion of
1: what should it mean and who needs to have a say in, in what it should mean and how do we engage those folks. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we in the technology industry would not really be doing ourselves a good service if we didn't have something to hype up. So, um, there's definitely, you know, the hype curve around 5G. But as Peter says, I think, um, you know, we we can't really talk about, there's no standards out there. So, from a technology standpoint, um, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about that. But really, that's irrelevant. What I think is, there are some pretty fundamental changes going on in terms of um technology in terms of society, the way we're um using mobile, what mobile means. It no longer means walking down the street street, driving in the car, talking on your phone. It means everything from sitting in a Starbucks watching a video to doing a video conference on you know, sitting in an airport. Um, all kinds of different things. We have devices being connected in there, we have all this growth of applications and stuff. So Really, kind of fundamental shift in <clears throat> the nature of of the kind of way we're interacting with technology and technology itself. So I think the exciting part is to really sit back and think, well, what are all those changes going to do, and what does that mean uh, for this next, um, you know, fifth generation of uh, mobility? And I would I would tend to agree with Peter. I think um, you know probably characterize four G as a bit more evolutionary. Yes, it's been important, but in some ways it's been important to carriers. It's got them, um, you know, it's been much more efficient, better use of spectrum, lower cost. Um, Yes, it's provided speed, but it hasn't revolutionized um, uh, mobility or the way we interact, as I would say, the jump from, say, 2G to 3G, if anybody can think back that far. Um, Because when we got 3G, that's when we started getting smartphones and iPhones and... And we started to be able to do emails, and we started to be able to do all these things that were completely unimaginable before. So I think, in my mind, 5G is probably going to be more revolutionary like that, but I think it's going to be very different in terms of, you know, how we define mobility.
0: So let's have so, a little I mean, fun I, here. If you guys could predict the future, what do you see is really being enabled by 5G? What does its future look like?
2: Well, so I think, I think you know, if, if we're thinking about predicting the future, I mean, I think there's uh, there's a number of ways to think about 5G, right? So, you know, uh, to, to Stuart's point, there's all sorts of buzzwords that are out there, right? And, and I think that you know, when anyone's trying to figure out what 5G looks like, you hear that sort of, those buzzwords come out of the woodwork, right? Infinite capacity, virtualization of the network, a bunch of new error interfaces, and new spectrum being used, and, and new use cases, new stakeholders. I think... For me, what's what's more important, and if we think about the change, uh, particularly revolutionary <clears throat> versus evolutionary, you know, there's been a lot of talk about it was people trying to think about how we went from one G to two G to three G to four G. You know, what was really the use case, right? And, and we we're going from, you know, let's say voice to voice and basic data to broadband data, but but all of those, in in many ways, that there was really the assumption that we were talking about individuals. Yes, there was some machine to machine, but, but largely we were talking about how do we connect individuals to data? How do we connect individuals to voice? So I think if I'm looking forward to, to what 5G means in the future, it's really thinking about that differently, right? It's about how do these wireless technologies not just apply to what people are doing with communications networks, but with what everything that be, can be connected can do with the network and what needs to do with a network, right? And so it's not just, I know, Internet of Things gets thrown out a lot and Internet of Everything, um, but really, who are those stakeholders? How would they be leveraging this type of network? And then bringing them into that conversation. And I think that's going to be one of the most fun parts going forward is whether it's with vendors or whether it's with operators or whoever it is, having those discussions take place so that 5G ends up looking like what it needs to look like. Right? So whether it's automotive or utilities or smart cities or healthcare or finance or or whatever the vertical is, including the, the end user and the consumer, that we're developing 5G in a way that actually meets those needs. And those conversations are taking place somewhat right now. But I think that's what's really going to shape the future, right? Uh, and if we want 5G to be this technology or something that actually does meet their needs, then um, then those conversations need to be taking place.
1: Yeah, and so I would I would sort of say look at it, and Peter mentioned the term Internet of Everything, but really look at it in terms of um, mobile mobility, 5G is an enabler of this new world, which I would kind of characterize as four intersecting circles. There's devices and applications, and that, I mean, the types of devices we're talking about, sensors that measure heartbeat, that measure temperature in a um, you know, refrigeration truck and, and break, uh, uh, heat a brake car, uh, brake pads on train cars, that kind of thing, the applications that we use day to day and then peripherate um, thousands each day, combined with data, so both all these devices and applications are creating huge amounts of data and are consuming huge amounts of data. And then the computing power and and capability of the cloud, and I think this 5G from a, from a, ne- from a network or technology standpoint it becomes a connectivity piece that connects all of those things together. And that's really where the exciting point comes, and that's why um, I think Peter made a very good point. It, it's kind of hard to talk about this, uh, predict exactly what the future, because before we could talk about, oh, you're going to get email and you're going to you know, be able to browse on the web and a few things like that. But now we're talking about all these things coming together, and it's a bit like trying to predict um, what the Internet would do for you know, society and for business. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I I do think some things that would characterize around what we are going to see in terms of 5G, some of the characteristics, I think one will be everywhere there will be connectivity. People want that, applications need that, devices need that. So there's connectivity which will be around, you know, a wire, probably a wireless connectivity. It may not just be over licensed spectrum, but unlicensed spectrum as well, fast, um, speed, um, you know, increasing demands on these networks for video and all these other kinds of applications. So speed and, and kind of um capacity is gonna be another huge one. Um and I think it's gonna be using a relevant network you need it. So again back to my, my point about license unlicensed, this could be Wi Fi, it could be Bluetooth, it could be Zigbee, um a number of different um kind of networks and they all have their advantages um in different sort of circumstances. And the last thing which I think is really critical is this is not just about people. You know prim- primarily to date um up to probably 4G it's really been about connecting people through some kind of device. Now we're talking about machines connecting to machines, machines connecting to databases, connecting to the cloud, um you know independent of people. So I think those will be some of the really interesting characteristics that will define the type of connectivity that we will have and that we will need, and, and, and that's what we would hope 5G would to deliver.
0: So so we talked about the future. Now, let's what, talk about today. What can organizations do today to prepare for 5G?
2: Well, I, I was struck by, you know, what Stuart said when he was, he was mentioning that, you know, it's difficult to figure out what 5G is going to be able to do. Uh, and, and what 5G is going to be able to do for for any particular constituency in the same way that you know we might not have known what to do with the internet right and, and I think we know how that worked out with the internet right you know, it, it came and then people said, oh I can do interesting things and they they developed on top of that and, and that drove innovation that we could have never expected And, and so to some extent I think we're, we're used to that right We're used to this idea that a technology platform, Something arrives and no one knows what to do with it at first, but but we figure it out. Um, that doesn't really answer the question, though, of, of what can we do about 5G today. And and so what I think, what I think we need to be doing, particularly around 5G, or or how folks in the C-suite need to be thinking about it, it's it's again going and engaging with the stakeholders so that they can figure out one what they may be able to do with it going forward. And and you know, and I think. I think they, you know, most of those folks are going to have a wish list of things that they would like to see or things that they would like to be able to do, or, or they've got smart people working for them who can, who can help them on that front. But having those engagements so that they can help shape what 5G is going to look like. And, and let's be clear, a lot of the hype that we see around 5G, a lot of those conversations around from a technical perspective what 5G could look like, that's a lot of jockeying and positioning from vendors in terms of IPR. And what I mean there is, if we don't know what 5G is going to look like, every vendor is going to want to make sure that they can say, well, I think it should look like this or include these technologies because I own a whole bunch of patents. And and if I'm right, and if it turns out to meet with what I I own in terms of patents, then, then maybe I'll benefit. But more broadly, I think if there is this chance for engagement in terms of what 5G should look like, what capabilities it should offer, well, then we don't really have to wait until it arrives to have those folks, whether they're driving Internet of Things models, or whether they're driving connectivity for people in public safety, which is a very different use case than people in your average enterprise, or your average consumer user, or whether it's a smart city application, whatever the use case is, they don't have to wait until 5G arrives to figure out what they could do with it. If they have those engagements, that will then get them planning for what those future business models look like, and two, It'll drive that idea of what 5G standards should look like, what 5G technology should look like, and not get to a point where 5G ends up being fully baked or close to baked. And then we figure out, oh, geez, it'd be nice if it could do X, Y, and Z, which We should we talked about that earlier. Now is the time to have that done before we get too far down the road.
1: Yeah, I think those are some great points. I I guess if I were sitting and advising, um, you know, various uh, CXOs across um number of different businesses, and I think also there's government constituents here which are really, um, uh, you know, can benefit from this, and obviously the end consumer. You know, go back to some of the things that I think um, most of us in the industry would agree with, and I was talking about that, you know, you will have connectivity everywhere. It will be fast, and it will be relevant to what you need, so you will get the bandwidth when you need it, where you need it. Um, So it's the equivalent of um, a sort of electricity, I guess. Now think of, you know, if you're a retailer, what does that mean? How do you start um, running your business differently? How do you start using that to engage, use mobility to engage with the customers that come into your store, like an e-commerce experience? So how do you kind of make an Amazon.com experience in your store? And mobility holds a a lot of promise for that. Um, how How do you start going beyond kind of the first wave, I would say, of enterprise mobility, which has really been giving you know, employees' um, smartphones and learn to do email and, um, you know, be able to put, call into uh, conference calls from their kids' uh, soccer games and things like that, but really look at how you redefine, re-engineer um, and, and recreate your, your business, given you're going to have this um, infrastructure which is a lot more powerful, a lot more pervasive than it is now. And I think we see the th- same thing starting to happen now with government. So. Um, another big area is the smart cities. So, how do you start using um you know sensors combined with these um, uh, prolific and, and pervasive uh, mobile networks, which five g will enable, to start being able to do traffic better, to put better security in there to do much more um, uh, much more sophisticated uh, parking and much more sophisticated lighting? I mean, you can see that kind of going up to uh, countries as well. so I think, you know, if, you, if you're in that position, don't think about the specific technologies and the speeds, but just think about some of these um, capabilities that I am sure, no matter what the standards buds come out, come out with, will be, will be in there. Uh, the fact that it will work across multiple different networks. The fact that it's going to be much more virtualized um, and sort of software-defined, um, that will be very um, fast and be able to accommodate um, high speeds as well.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so sure. I, I think. I think, to some extent, I, I I just caution a little bit of of assuming the standards will support this. Is um, it, it's a hope. I wouldn't make that assumption uh, just because there are so many different specific needs out there, right? And these are going to be niche needs, right? Niche needs that maybe the operators <clears throat> who are helping forming the standards or vendors who are doing it haven't thought about. But needs that get that need to get mentioned. But what it sounds like you're you're recommending, Stuart, is really recommending those constituencies to think about what would I do if there really were no bandwidth or connectivity constraints, right? Yes, if I had yes. ultimate connectivity or or infinite connectivity, and and you know I, I've seen this mentioned a few times, right? This idea that five G should give the perception of infinite connectivity, and 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 to some extent that's going to make people sort of, I don't want to say tune out, right? But this idea of infinite connectivity, whenever you talk about anything infinite, sort of seems like it's a little bit uh, smoke and mirrors. And, and I think that, that that's probably fair here because we're not really talking about really infinite uh, bandwidth. We're really talking about the perception of infinite bandwidth, right? Delivering exactly what an application needs, right? If it's a machine-to-machine application that doesn't need much bandwidth, making sure we deliver it. If it's a YouTube video that needs a lot, great. But, but it really sounds like you're asking sort of just think about what you would do with that um, I guess one question I, I would have for you and, and you might have this have some thoughts on this from sort of what Cisco's done is do you think that they all do you know I made the assumption which is probably a little bit of a, a dangerous assumption earlier on saying that you know all the folks in these different parties with all the different use cases probably have good ideas of what they would like to do if they had this uh, infinite bandwidth. Do you think that's the case? Do you think they all know what they would do or do you think they need some help in thinking about that, imagining what they could do? Uh, I know you guys have some great use cases out there from some of the stuff you've done, let's say on the smart city side of things. Do people come to you and say, Hey, you know, I'm looking forward to 5G cause I would do X, Y, and Z, or is it more of, I'd really like to know if I had infinite connectivity, what do you think I should do or what do you think other folks have, have done?
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely I mean, I just think thats some of uh human nature too right is there's an incrementalism to probably most of us, and then there are right. a few very visionary people that can say, "Ah, internet database, you know smartphone, boom, I mean, we've you know, <laughs> the <a> great example <laughs> right. of you know Apple, right. Steve Jobs, and all the other people that was said you know before with a dumb idea, and then afterwards are hailing it as the greatest um, invention, so I think there are very few of us, and I wouldn't put myself in that camp that can kind of see how these things have fit together. Um, and then more of it is kind of trial and error, incrementalism, and, and whatnot. But I will say right now, um, you know, even just in the kind of Wi-Fi and, and mobility in general, um, we work with um, customers a lot, um, helping them sort of see different um, opportunities. And it may, they may sort of see it. They may need validation of that. They may want to know somebody else is doing that and how they're doing it. Um, but really to show them, hey, there's all this technology and there's these capabilities. But there's business to be, um, there's business value to be derived from that. And I think that's kind of what it is here. So the more kind of, you know, use cases and examples you can put out there, they may be far out, but um, paint out sort of, um, you know, scenarios and worlds and and kind of use cases, I think the better to kind of just open people's minds to uh, move beyond just kind of simple incrementalism.
2: Beyond the use case, the only other thing I would... And this probably does come back to to incrementalism um, that that I would suggest that, that this this really reminds me of is you know if we think a lot about and and, and you think a lot about what uh, Stuart was mentioning uh and some of the stuff that I know we've talked about in the past that a lot of what we're talking about uh in five g really is derivative from some of the stuff that we're doing already right so you know some of the technologies that are involved, whether it's using unlicensed technology or whether it's using, you know, making sure that we're bridging unlicensed spectrum with licensed spectrum, or whether it's virtualization, you know, there's parts of that in a lot of what's taking place right now. Uh, and to that end, I think, you know, the, the one recommendation for folks uh, in the service provider C-Suites is think about what you are doing today or what you can do today that will set you up better for 5G, right? No doubt... From a marketing perspective, when 5G comes around, we're going to see all sorts of, you know, using 5G in a marketing uh, perspective. But and that's that's you can argue whether or not that's that's a good thing. But I think what we've seen with, with LTE in particular is so those who made the leap early, uh, some of the operators who managed to get there first with LTE, you know, did reap some benefits. And so if we expect the same thing from 5G, figuring out what you can be doing over the next few years that sets you up for that. Is, is probably a good idea, and that includes things like understanding how we move to virtualization more deeply in the network, as an example. And I think there's a lot of focus on radio access networks because it seems like every G has a new air interface technology. Um, but the core of the network and, and how we're delivering applications and functions from from a virtualized perspective is, is also going to be you know, doubtless a big part of what goes on with 5G, and it's something that we can start thinking about or implementing now uh, and, and that's probably something that most service providers really should be uh, should be thinking about.
1: Yeah, and Peter, I said you mentioned some good points about standards, but I wouldn't sort of, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but sort of hype yeah. I'm waiting for the standards bodies to come up, because, right? You know, right. even as smart as they are and as good as they are, they can never pr- predict all the things that are going to be necessary. And if you look at the nature of technology, standards usually are kind of uh, lagging behind um, some of the technology. And go back to the. Early days of the internet, it wasn't until IP Internet Protocol came along that we, you know, we eventually kind of got to there. And I think some of that will happen here. And you know, if you look at the world of Internet of Things, Internet of Everything, there's a lot of, um, you know, different systems out there. And uh, you know, your Fitbit can't talk to your, I don't know, your heart monitor, and all these kinds of things. So, you know, eventually that will get there. There'll be some smart yep. entrepreneurs who come along and provide a middleware, and maybe we will get standards, um, and, and some of that will be baked into this. Um, but back to your point, I think that's really the the, the key takeaway for um, executives, in, all, in, in in enterprises and in all businesses, is really look at some of these major trends about speed, about connectivity, about virtualization that you were talking about, and just what that world might look like and how you could benefit from that and run your business differently. I will say, yeah, if no, you're no. if you're a service provider, it's a little bit different world, and we can have that discussion about what that means if you're. Say a mobile operator or one of these other operators too.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think I think the key point sort of taking that is, you know, you started by, by talking about how you know where, where would an industry be if it didn't have you know hype and and, and we need some sort of uh, some sort of buzz out there. And I think more than anything, at a very basic level, I, I think my takeaway is that you sort of have to ignore the hype as hype. So I think, I think a lot of times there's this backlash, right? And, and I know I've heard people say, you know, I don't see any need to be talking about 5G. It's not going to be around for a while. It's just buzz right now that people want to talk about. Um, you know, we can come back and discuss it meaningfully in, in a few years. And I think that's that's dangerous, right? Because there, there are things to be talking about and planning about. And, and having those conversations right now, and sort of ignoring the hype as hype and realizing that there's something more there. There's, there's some more here, here. That we can actually be be talking about, we need to be thinking about. I think that's my key takeaway. Is is
1: you know out of 5G more than anything. Yeah, I think this is exactly right. as many you know, with them, um, if you're a mobile operator now or a service provider, you need to be thinking about what this means for your business too, because the traditional model has been, you know, 2G, 3G, 4G. You sold that, you know, data minute, data traffic, or minutes of voice, or whatever, and that that was your business tied to um smart devices in this new world, which I would definitely predict with you know pretty pretty good uh, uh accuracy, I think it's gonna be this heterogeneous network that's gonna be licensed, unlicensed, it's gonna be Wi Fi, Bluetooth, it's gonna be all these things. Um, you may or may not run and own those opera uh network. So, you know, what what are your paths to uh monetization, I think it becomes very important. What does that mean for what the Kind of mobile industry looks like, or the service writer industry, um, as you get these different networks in there, and plus you get these different, you know, virtualization plays into that. So I think um, to start to look at um, from a strategy standpoint of what it means to you as an operator, too, what what 5G may mean or you know, will could mean, um, irrespective of the specifics of the of the of the standards, because I do think it is going to be this more revolutionary change than kind of some of the evolutions of the past.
0: It does seem as though the future of mobility looks really exciting. It seems like there's going to be a few challenges along the way, such as standards, but these benefits of 5G are really going to outweigh those challenges. So I want to thank you both for sharing your insights today. So thank you both, and and for more on the future of mobility, join the conversation with hashtag (music) futureofmobility.